I said, Brother Paul should have went up on that last part. He said, that's your answer for everything. And I said, yeah, yeah, right? Good singing, amen. While he was singing that song, I, I thought about this. Um, I'm, just, I'm just decided that uh, this may upset some of y'all, but I'm just, I'm just going to enjoy my salvation. Amen. I mean, it, it's worth enjoying. And I think sometimes we Baptists are so starchy. We're like, well, I don't want to say amen in church people might think I have wildfire or something it's all right right I'm pretty sure most Baptists I know are not ever going to have to worry about people thinking that uh that they're they're too out there right and uh you know again it's interesting we we get excited about everything but the Lord I mean he just said, and, and part of it is because we, we've got our we've got our tent stakes dug way too deep here. He just sang about heaven. Man, if that doesn't get you a little bit excited to know that if you're a born again Christian, you've trusted Jesus Christ. The worst you're ever going to have it's down here. Now, if you're here and you're not saved, the best you're ever going. You say, man, this world is going crazy. Well, guess what? This best is ever going to be for you. Now, for those that know Jesus, this is down here is going to be the worst. Right, but up there's gonna be better. I appreciate the good song. Praise God! Help me this morning, and uh, I, I've I've come to realize this. Usually with me, I won't speak for you. Usually with me, uh, brother Ian, when 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 my fellowship with the Lord is not where it should be, then that's usually when I get dry. Right? I mean, coming in here with y'all, this this ought to be just an outpouring. Of, of what what I've done all week and what you've done all week, the, the 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 gathering together of the family of God should be a celebration, right? And uh, usually, when we don't spend time in fellowship and prayer and Bible study during the week, then we come in here and people say, "Well, I, I came to be fed." Well, you should you should be pretty well full by the time you get here, right? This ought to this ought to be the the nanner pudding and the cheesecake, right? If it, if this is the main meal, then you've not done a whole lot all week. Amen. So I appreciate the good singing and uh, the good spirit and all of you being here this morning. And we're going to start a, a new series this morning in the book of Romans, chapter number one. Now, several months ago, as, as I knew, uh, uh, we're coming up on a new year. And uh, I, I, I try to watch the news um, from a, a biblical perspective. I realized this, and I told our class this morning, I said, in a few months we're going to have an election, and whoever wins, right, it's going to be turmoil afterwards. Just is. I mean, you know, you can be a, you can be a donkey or an elephant, whatever you want to be, uh, but I promise you this, whoever wins, there's still going to be turmoil after the election. And so, you know, we're looking at, unusual days spiritually and morally because we live in a world that is calling what God calls abominable normal right and it's not just the culture outside the walls of the church now the church is embracing that same culture right and so Romans 1 really gives us and here, here's what we have to be careful of we think 
Brother Shane, that the judgment of God just comes in the tribulation period. Romans 1 tells us that, that God, part of the judgment that God allows is he turns uh, the, the, the world over to a reprobate mind. In other words, lets them have what they say they want. So in the Old Testament, when the nation of Israel uh, said, we want a king, and God said, no, you don't. And he said, yeah, we do. And he told the prophet Samuel, I believe it was, he said, just tell him I'll give him a king, but here's what it's going to cost them. Right. And so we're, we're in the same day, yes. right? And so Romans 1, I'm thankful that even in that, God is long-suffering and still gives the gospel and is, is, wants all men to be saved. And really, Romans is Paul's gospel, right? The gospel according to Paul. We have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the gospels according to them. And now we get to Romans. This is the gospel really according to Paul. And by the way, let me say this. Brother Russell, it's good to have you and your family back. They, they've been in Florida uh, visiting family and good to have them home as well and uh, appreciate them being with us too. So in verse number one of Romans one, the Bible said, Paul, a servant. Yes. Now that doesn't sound to me like the modern day Christian. Today, the modern day Christian is, I don't want to be a servant. of. I want to know what God's going to give me, yeah. right? Yeah, so Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore, by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, which has made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. And so I mentioned it, Romans is said to be the gospel according to Paul, and uh, this is one of the most important documents in history. You say, well, why are you calling it a document? Because if you'll notice, the Bible said the epistle of Paul, the apostle to the Romans. So it was a letter that Paul wrote uh, to the Romans, and it is uh, uh, the writing of Romans that we see Paul's grasp of the gospel. Now, again, let's, let's set the stage for Paul. Paul was a Pharisee. Uh, Paul understood the law, he understood uh, the Old Testament, and then we go to the book of Acts and we see his conversion on the road to Damascus. So here's a man uh, that uh, was persecuting and killing Christians, and then when he had a head-on collision with the God of glory, it changed him, and now he stopped persecuting Christians, and he wanted to make all men Christians. And, and that's what salvation does for you, right? Old things are passed away, behold, all things have become new. That's what the Bible tells us, and so once someone's really born again, it changes them, not just on the outside, but actually changes them from the inside, and the outside is simply should be a reflection of what's going on on the inside. If God doesn't change you on the inside, there's no need in changing the outside. It doesn't impress him at all. And so it is the writings of Romans that we see Paul understands the gospel and he's taking the Old Testament picture of the death, burial, and the resurrection of Christ and he's writing about it to a New Testament group of people. And so Paul had some friends in Rome, but from all indications, most uh, he didn't, he'd never been there and most of them didn't know, know him at all. So that's what the first part of Romans is, an introduction uh, of Paul and he's introducing um, 
a picture of himself and a glimpse of the major themes of the whole letter, which is the gospel. Wouldn't it be great if, if we just got back to preaching the gospel? Wouldn't it be great if we just got back to telling people the gospel? I, I mean, listen, I was telling our, uh, our class this morning, I said, it, it, here's, what, here's what this modern day of social media has gotten us to the point. And I'm not, again, you know how, I, I don't, I'm fine with it if it's used for the right thing. But it's amazing to me how someone can write something uh, seemingly innocent uh, about the Lord or about Scripture. And, and there's always a group of people that micro have a microscope and dissect everything that if it's not stated just now, I'm not talking about some idea or some uh, heresy or some, you know, preference. I'm talking about sometimes I see folks that they'll, they'll make a statement that really, okay, you know, but, but there's this controversy. And God's people are just fighting and arguing over everything, right? Well, the one thing we ought to agree on is the gospel. And, and I wonder how much if we'd stop worrying about what we disagree on, and, and I'm not talking about doctrine, amen? Doctrine to me is very distinctive that if we don't agree on doctrine, it's hard to agree on other things. But a lot of things, Brother Mark, we're not disagreeing on is doctrine. We're not disagreeing on We're disagreeing on stuff that really doesn't matter. And people are dying and going to hell. Instead of giving them the gospel, we're trying to explain the gap theory to them. Right? Where did Abel, where did Cain get their wife from? I, I don't care. I mean, you know, people are dying and going to hell and we're arguing about stuff that doesn't matter. Am I still on? I think I've upset the Baptist already. My, my New Year's resolution, I've already done. I've upset the Baptist, right? So here Paul is laying out the gospel. But Johnny, how can we disagree with the gospel, right? And in verse 1, he, he, he tells us, gives us the mandate of the gospel, he said, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. Well, well, that right there ought to cause us pause for just a minute, right? Paul was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. Paul was a, a wealthy man. Paul was a popular man. Paul was in the, in the social status of, of being in the in crowd. And yet here he's saying, Paul, a servant. He's literally saying that he is a slave of Jesus Christ called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Now we hear a lot of people talk about separation and it's always separation from the world, but they're not separated unto God. And you see that in the gospels and the Bible talks about, remember the story of the demon that is cast out and the house is swept and then it brings more in that makes the house worse than it was. You know why? Because a lot, of, a lot of folks that are saved, they sweep the house out, right? Man, when we was growing up, it's like take all your music CDs. Praise God, we're going to have a music CD burning down at the church. But you didn't put anything good in, in the place that you took the bad out. You left the house empty. Man, you ought to separate yourself from worldly things, but if you don't put godly things in the place of it, you leave the house open, and this old flesh, you know what it does? It, it grows weary because nothing's there, and all of a sudden it goes and gets worse stuff than you had to start with. 
And so Paul's giving us the mandate of the gospel. He says, I'm a servant. In other words, the gospel arrests men. He said it this way, uh, that he is constrained. He is arrested by the love of God. He's arrested by the grace of God. You know what? You shouldn't have to beg people to come to Jesus. You shouldn't have to coerce them. You shouldn't have to coax them. When they realize how much God loves them, when they realize what Jesus did for them on the cross of Calvary, listen, and the Holy Spirit convicts them and shows them the love of God, there ought to be this arresting that takes place that, that they say, man, uh, what, what he's offering is a whole lot better than what I got down here. That's Man, that's what it's about. If you've got to beg them and plead and drag them and go get them. Listen, I know the Bible said we're to constrain them, right? We're to, we're to compel them to come in. But listen, we ought to preach the gospel to them. Man, I, I, if the Holy Spirit can't get the job done, I promise you that having a 14-hour invitation is not going to do it. I, I know this, a sad song sung over and over till you get everybody around the altar. I'm saying if the Holy Ghost can't do his job, which he can, by the way, there's no need in us trying to do it. And so a servant who loved his master, he chose a lifetime of servant. He chose. Do you get that? He looked at Jesus on the road to Damascus. He said, I think I'll go with him. Now some of you this morning, you know what you need to decide in 2024? I'm going with him. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about him. Let me say it again. I ain't talking about your dogma. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about you need to go with him. Amen. He'll never let you down. Hey, he'll, he'll never fail. But you know what we're doing? Oh, I tell you what, now I want, I want one foot in, one foot out. No, you better. Paul said, I, I look at all this world has to offer me and I consider it dung. It is waste. I want to serve Jesus, but man, I want to have a good life here. You better burn the boat. Right? Paul said, I'm a servant. He went wherever God told him to go. He did whatever God told him to do. He didn't pray and say, God, not my way, or not your way, but mine be done. He said, I am a servant. Come on, tell it. Yes, sir. I wonder how many of us are servants. Brother Charles, we want to be served, but we don't want to serve. Hey, we'll say, well, you know, we ought to serve one another. You're right, but you'll never serve one another until you serve him. Amen. Hey, if, if... Jesus, the, the Son of God, God in flesh, dying on the cross is not going to uh, arrest you to the place of servitude. It doesn't matter how many messages you preach on it. doesn't matter how many books you read on it. doesn't matter how many quotes you see. If, if the Holy Ghost of God cannot convince you that God loves you and it's worth serving Him with every breath you have, I promise you nothing will. Amen. Or if it does, it won't last. And Paul Remember when he got when he met the Lord on the road to Damascus? And, and God told this man, he said, listen, he said, Saul's coming. What do you mean Saul's coming? He said, I want you to take him in. What do you mean take him in? He's the one killing all these Christians. Lord, what are you talking about? He said, Don't he said, Don't worry. Don't worry about him. I've arrested him. And here's what he said. He said, I'm going to show him what things he must suffer. Yeah. Now listen, if you and I got that message, you know what we do? Uh-uh. You look at the life of Paul. 
and you think about uh, you think about what all he went through. If God showed you that the moment you got saved, how many of you honestly would say, you know what? I think it's worth serving God. But Paul, he knew the scriptures. He knew the author of the scriptures, and, and when he showed him all the stuff he'd have to suffer, he said it's still worth serving him. Amen. See, if you're not going to be a servant, God can't use you. Doesn't matter your talent level, your ability. It doesn't matter. Well, you know, God knows my heart. He sure does, and that ought to scare you. See, Galatians six seventeen said, "I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus." No one was more aware of his freedom than Paul, but he considered it to be of the highest honor to be a servant of Jesus. Now that's radically different than what we're hearing among Christianity today. Today it's, you know, uh, I believe in grace, so therefore I can go do whatever I want to, right? That's not what the, that's not, you, you study Romans, Paul debunked that whole myth. So here he's saying, I'm a servant by choice. Listen, God, listen church, you better listen, it's good. God didn't make you get saved. He allowed you to get saved, but you chose it. You enlisted in the Lord's army. I mean, he didn't drag you in. And so therefore, you willingly chose to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. The only question is, are you going to be a good servant? Then there's the, not only Paul calls himself the servant, but he also calls himself the sent one. In other words, he says here he's an apostle or sent one. And it was a special dignity. It is the same idea. Guess what? As missionary. That's right. Same idea. Yes, sir. All these guys running around saying they're apostles, but they're not missionaries. They don't understand the meaning. Right. The meaning. And you look at Paul's life, you know what he did? He went around starting churches. Right. Amen. Yes, he, did. he went around starting churches. He was a missionary. By the way, uh, our church, listen, if you're here today and you say, well, how do y'all feel about missionaries? We love them. Amen. You say, why you love them? Well, Paul was one. Right? Yes. By the way, Jesus was one. Yeah, right. Deaf enough a missionary, leave you home, go somewhere else, right? right. Jesus did that. Yes. So we we may <laughs> they may shut us down one day, Brother Jimmy, but it, the, the last thing to go, me and you may not get a salary one day, but you know the last thing gonna go is the missionaries. You know why? Because we've seen that God honors the church that honors the missionary. Yeah. And, and so we see here it was a special dignity and Paul became the foremost spokesman of the church. Man, you think about the reason we have the gospel. And again, I understand that God could have used any man. But we're all pretty, as far as I know, we're all Gentiles. Does anybody, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I, I, don't, I don't think we have any Jews here. If we do, praise God. But I'm saying we're all Gentiles. Well, you know who the apostle to the Gentiles was? This guy. You know who wrote most of the New Testament? This guy. The same guy that was killing Christians is the same guy now that's trying to get the whole world saved. Hallelujah. And, and, and there ought to be, whew, hey, there ought to be such a, such a gratitude for what God's done for us that we go out today. We've got more opportunity. We've got more means. We've got more uh, tools today to get the gospel to every creature on earth, yet we're doing less than the early church. Why? Because we don't understand the, the, the idea of servitude. So he's the sent one. When he died, there was a church in every major city in the Roman Empire. 
You think about Brother Russell and his family, missionaries to Mexico. That'd be like before he dies, there being a church in every major city where there was none. There wasn't any. It wasn't, it wasn't like Davidson County where you got one every 18 seconds. Right? There wasn't any. God said, Paul, you're going to be the apostle to the Gentiles. You know what he did? Study the Bible. Here's what he did. Lord, I just don't know if I can do that. Lord, I just don't think that'd be your will. That's not what I want to do. You don't see that. You know what you see him doing? Got it. Right? You know what we need today? Some Christians just going to let God says, I want you to do this. Yes, sir. Right? We're, we're too busy debating with God what, what we ought to be doing. Now, I don't know if you ought to be a church plan or not, but here's what I do know. You ought to take the gospel to everybody you can. Well, I'm not a preacher. Oh, yes, you are. You may not have a pulpit. Praise God. The word preach means to proclaim. We're all proclaimers of the gospel. If you're saved by it, you ought to be a proclaimer of it. Amen. So he's a sent one. He's a servant. Now watch this. Not only that, he is the separated one. In this scripture, he says, separated unto the gospel. The man who is most effective in the service of the Lord must burn all bridges to the world. There's a story of Cortez when he landed in Mexico and ordered the boats be burned at the beach so there was no retreat. See, some of you, 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 you back and forth. God, world. Jesus, world. The Lord, me. The Lord, my job. Right? You, you won't burn the bridge. You want a plan B just in case this thing doesn't work out. Right? Hey, if it doesn't work out, I want to do this. Man, there is no plan B. Watch this. You know why a lot of Christians don't have victory in their salvation? Because you've got a plan B. See, here's the thing. The only way you can truly be saved, Jesus said, I am the way. The truth. You can't have a plan B, right? If, if, if the Bible's wrong, which I know it isn't, but if it's wrong, if Jesus is not the only way, if... If there's another way to get to heaven, right? There's a plan B. Trust in Christ and baptism. Trust in Christ being a good person. If there's anything else, we're doomed. We're just doomed, right? And, and see, in your, in your Christian walk, some of you, even this morning, you're saying, well, I want to serve the Lord, but I just don't, I'm just not fully in. Well, you're not ever going to have peace till you're fully in. See, some of you this morning, you want a fire escape out of hell, but you don't want to give up down here. You can't have both, right? Now, I'm not saying you, I'm not saying you got to be John the Baptist and dress in, you know, camel hair and eat locust. But there's a lot of folks, man, they want the best of both worlds, and you can't have the best of both worlds. You can't serve two masters. You're going to hate one of them. And so you, you're either going to have to say, you know what, Lord? Remember this? Jesus told He had all those guys following him, all those people following him. And, and as long as he fed them, man, they were with him. That's right? right? That's right. Fed them. Here's some fish. Man, he's the best thing. He healed my boy. Yeah. I'm with Jesus. 
And that's, that's where a lot of Christ, Christians are today. They're like, the, they're like them seagulls at the beach. Some of you, don't look at me like that, you bunch of dignitaries on the beach. Yeah, you go. I know you do. You take half your tithe money every year and take it down there, right? Sit out there, and you got your crackers, and you're eating them, and you got your sandwich, and all of a sudden, there's that little bird. And you learn, don't you? The first time your kid, Mom, I'm going to feed this bird. And you're like, no, because you know what's going to happen. That bird's going to stay right around you the whole time, pester you to death. That's the, way, that's the way a lot of Christians are. They're seagull Christians. As long as God's pouring it in there. But then here's what happened. He turns around and he says, here's what it's going to cost to, to follow me. And a bunch of them said, mm-mm, as far as we're going to go. There might be some in the, here's Here's my line as far as I'm going. Paul said, mm -mm. I burned the bridge. You think about this. There's no way he could go back to being a Pharisee. First of all, after what God, he saw, he saw what religion really was. But number two, there's no way they would take him back. He wasn't, he wasn't an FBI Christian undercover agent, praise God. Every time he went to the city, they said, here he comes, here he comes. Get the jail cell ready, amen. Some of you, your own family don't even know you're saved. Right? You're a shouter in church, but praise God, when you get to the house, when you get around the family, when you get to the job site, you got a mouth like the rest of them. Amen. Yes, sir. Paul said, not me. He's, he's the servant, the sent one, separated one. Right? So Christ was all that mattered to him. That's all that mattered. Let me ask you this. Is he all that matters to you? Number two. See, here's my New Year's resolution. At least the first Sunday, I only got two points. Number two, the message of the gospel. Look at verse two. It says, which he had promised afore by prophets in the Holy Scriptures. So let me say this. Calvary was not an afterthought. Salvation by grace was not an afterthought. Verse three, concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. So Christ is the heart of the gospel message. Right. Let me say it again. Christ is the heart of the gospel message. We've made him part of it. He's all of it. Right. We've, we've made everything else, right? We're, we're debating over music we're debating over Bibles, and we're debating over standards, right. and we're debating on, you know, who's a heretic and who's not, who's a Calvinist and who's not. And I, listen, there's a place for, for distinguishing things. Yes, but there's a world out there going to hell, yes. and we're not giving them the message of the gospel. Right. 
got quiet. You say, preacher, are you going soft? Nope. But I also want to keep the main thing the main thing. I don't have to agree with everybody, and I don't have to disagree with everybody. What I got to do is find my place in this thing and preach the gospel. So Paul sets him before us in a threefold way in this scripture. First of all, he, in verse 2, he talks about him being the revealed one. So, so the Bible said, which he had promised before by prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Let me say this. You will not get saved until God reveals who Jesus is to you. Here's what I mean by that. You're saying, are you talking about Calvin? No, I'm not. I'm talking about... In our flesh, there is no desire to come and do away with our sin. Sin's too attractive to the flesh. And so Jesus has to be revealed to you in a way that you're going, I want him. Right? Right? And that's what the Old Testament prophets were talking about him as the Messiah, as the Savior, and so the, the Jews, remember them? They, they said, we're not have this man rule over us. They didn't want him. Even the disciples didn't understand the plan. They thought, again, we were talking about this this, this morning in Sunday school, that they thought Jesus had come as a political leader to set everything in order. And he tells them, he said, listen, I'm, now I'm going to the cross and be crucified. They didn't understand all that. But once the Holy Spirit revealed to them who Jesus was, right? Remember in the Gospels, you see them in the upper room there in fear. In the book of Acts, you see them in the upper room. They've got the power of God on them after the Holy Spirit uh, got to them, right? Now they're going out and you you look at the book of Acts, the Bible said these uh, that have turned the world upside down. What what happened? There was something revealed to them that wasn't intellectual, but it changed their heart. And see, some of you this morning, you've got an intellectual knowledge of all this stuff. You're going, I know all this, preacher. But it's never burned in your heart to where it's changed you. Man, Paul knew all this stuff, but then something happened on the road to Damascus. He saw the Lord Jesus like he'd never seen him before. And, and, and it is revealed to him who he really is. Remember this? He said, Lord, who are you? He said, I'm Jesus whom thou persecuted. It's revealed to him who he is. And some of you, play, you're, you're more you're more. Ex- you're more excited about being a Baptist than you are a follower of Christ and I'm going to say this before you get all I'm, I'm Baptist I've always been I know why I'm a Baptist by the way not because my mom and daddy were one some of you more excited about that than you are being a follower some of you you you're more, you're more committed to that flag than you are that one. By the way, I'm red, white, and blue too, by the way. Amen? I still love this country. I'll fight for it. I'll die for it. But you care less about that one as long as the economy's good. Huh? You spend more time on CNN and Fox News than you do in the Word of God. You'd rather hear Sean Hannity than you would a preacher. My own? You wonder why you don't have any peace? 
Because you don't spend a whole lot of time with the Prince of Peace. Amen. Amen. See, when, when he's revealed to you who he really is, there's no turning back. Amen. Man, they, listen, 21 years ago, almost 22, you know what? God revealed to me who he was, told me what his plan was for my life. Yes. Yes. I said, Lord, I don't, I don't want to be no preacher. Yes. You know what I was doing? Had a good job, making good money. Going to a good church, one foot here, one foot there. Let me tell you what happened. Ready? I got time. This old man, you've heard this story, I told you. This old man went to church with us mowing the the yard at our church and had a heart attack. Laid there dead. And at my office was five miles from the church. Somebody called and said, Leroy. Laying in the ditch, mowing the churchyard. Got down there. Paramedics were there. I, w- I was watching them as they worked on Leroy. Laying in the ditch. They said he's dead. Bro, I'm going to tell you what. The Holy Spirit spoke to my heart that day, just as clear. He said, if that's you, would you be ready? I said, Lord, I'm saved. But I knew, Brother Shane, God had been working, me, working on my heart for two years about preaching. Yes, sir. So God, I don't want that. I see the way preachers are treated. And yes. I don't want to be dirt poor. Yes. I, listen, I don't want all that. Right. I'll just serve you right here right. where I'm at. Be all right. Amen. Boy, he got to turning the screws on me. Oh, <laughs> Woo! Yes. He got to turn the screws on me. Yes. Brother Noah, he, he knew the pressure it was going to take to get me where I need to be. That's right. And finally, I told Miss Ellen, I said, listen, I told my preacher, I said, listen, pastor, I said, I believe God wants me to preach, but I said, I don't want to do it. I'm scared. I'm not a Bobby Robertson. I'm not these great men of God. I'm just me. Right? I'm just me. I told Miss Ellen, she said, well, I rocked her world. And we prayed, we moved slow, and one Sunday, she'll tell you, we sat in the same pew like we were good Baptists. We sat in the same pew every Sunday. You need to do that if you're good Baptist. That way the preacher doesn't think you're out. And I wore a suit. I wore a suit every Sunday to church, had my suit on. This old lady sat in front of us. She said, she turned around. She said, you know what? She said, you look like a preacher. So I announced my call to preach. About a week later, I preached my first message. Sunday night, I, but Paul, I had 47 pages of notes, and I preached for 10 minutes. Sure. Now I got a half a page of note, and I can preach for 48 yeah. hours, right? Yeah. Boy, I got done preaching that night, Brother Matt. I stand back there shaking hands. I'm about, I'm about to get God bumps on me now. Back there shaking hands. Old Leroy's widow come up to me and hugged my neck, tears rolling down her face. And she said, the night before Leroy died, he said, I believe God's going to call that boy to preach. (laughs) How are you going to get away from that? God had revealed to me what he wanted, then he confirmed it. See, some of you just need to give up. Quit fighting and just get. That's what Paul did. He said, I just give up. Amen. I mean, right. Big as God is, he said, I'm just going to give up and let you have it. Yeah, 
So he's the revealed one. And then, then he's the reigning one. Verse number 3, the Bible said, Concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. So positionally, he is the seed of David. He is the promise of the Old Testament ruler that was all through the Old Testament. Personally, though, he is Jesus Christ our Lord. Yes, sir. Amen. He, he, he should occupy the throne of your heart. You ready for this? See, see, a lot of folks, the reason, the reason, Brother Dennis, they struggle like they do is because they won't give up the throne. Amen. Yeah. Jesus saying, listen, I, can we agree this morning? Can we agree that God knows everything? Yes, I mean, is, anybody, is there anybody that doesn't believe that? Anyone? So we're all, we, he knows it all. Right. Can we also agree that we don't know it all? I mean, the older I get, sometimes I don't even know my name. So if he knows it all and I don't know it all, can we all agree that maybe we ought to stop relying on our intellect and feeling and just go to him and say, God, what do you want? Then why don't we do it? See, because we don't let him reign in our life. Brother Adam, we don't. I mean, what's your prayer life like? That's right. Amen. Are you trying, when you pray in the morning, now I'm assuming like Jesus did, remember he said to his disciples, when you pray, not if you do. When you pray in the morning, are you trying to get your marching orders for the day? Or are you telling God all the stuff you want for the day? There's a place for asking, but the big place ought to be for exalting. He's the. You say, well, what if I don't make him the Lord of my life? Go ahead. Doesn't change who he is. He's still the Lord. That's who he is. He's not. His throne is not going to be diminished because you don't make him the Lord of your life. Right. He's not up there going, I don't know what they're going to do. They don't let me have authority in their life and reign in their life. Listen, angels, I don't know what I'm going to do. See, he's already established his, who he is, his reign, right? right? right. Here's, here's what you've got to decide. You're going to get in under his authority. They play the game to determine the champion, right? I mean, Monday, tomorrow night. Brother Paul's team, the Wolverines and some other team are playing for the national championship. Well, they didn't look the first of the year and go, well, here's who they have and here's who they have. We're just going to go ahead and give them the championship because they seem like their roster's better, right? right. I mean, if you looked at supposedly Georgia was going to be the national champion. That's why they play the game. Amen. Well, here's the deal. Who ultimately wins has already been determined. You can't defeat the Lord Jesus. Amen. The question is, will you get on his team? Amen. Will, will you get under his authority because he, he reigns? So he's the revealed one. He's the reigning one. But then number three, he is the resurrected one. Yes, Verse four says this and declared to be the son of God with power. Well, what kind of power? 
according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Now, he lived a life of victory. Never sinned. He said, I didn't come to destroy the law. I came to fulfill it. The only way he could die on the cross of Calvary was to be perfectly pure and to, and to fulfill the law. Made him qualified, right? So he went to Calvary. There was, no, there was not one thing did he ever do wrong. Not one thought, not one word. He never sinned, right? So that made him worthy to die in your place and mine. By the way, if you don't think uh, you deserve it, you do. We all deserve death. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He died as you and for you, right? Well, that's not the end of the story because there were two other people that died on crosses beside of him. Well, then they put him in a barred tomb, and on the third day, they opened that tomb. Guess what? He wasn't there. That's, that's where the power comes from the resurrection. Yes, sir. Every religion has a Savior that died. That's right. Now, they didn't die like him, but they all died. But they're all still in the grave. Right. So this morning, the whole idea, the whole idea of the book of Romans is, is the gospel. Amen. The significant Paul's writing to the uh, this letter, and he's saying, Listen, I'm going to declare to you the gospel. Yes. And I wonder what, again, that would happen if the church of the living God today would just yes. declare the gospel. Amen. The death, burial, and the resurrection. Yes. People's problem is not, it's not what they don't understand. In other words, we're trying to school people on the word of God, right? right? Well, how can, how, can, uh, how can you explain uh, the, the ark? How can you explain evolution? How can you explain? And we get in all these debates. People, people can understand all that stuff and still go to hell. And we're letting them take us down these rabbit trails and we're not giving them the gospel, the life change. And you know what the devil does? If he can keep us away from preaching the gospel, he'll do it. Why? Because the, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? For it's the power of God unto salvation. Right? Whether or not you can explain to everybody the, the difference between. And somebody told me one time, I said, Preacher, I'll tell you what y'all do on a Wednesday night. You, you, ought, to, you ought to take the time and uh, go over and, and preach on all the distinctives of all these other world religions. And I'm like, man, I don't want to do all that. And I thought, What's the, why do you care? I think you ought to have enough knowledge when you talk to a Muslim to, to know the difference. But sometimes we get so caught up and say, well, I want to know all that I can about this. Well, how about we know all we can about the Lord Jesus Christ? Right? I mean, I may debate somebody and, you know, they might win. Because here's what I found. Most Christians don't, bit more than a monkey, know what they believe. Right? You know the Jehovah's Witness where a lot of their converts come? Independent Baptists. Because they actually know what, what they believe and why they believe it. Yes, sir. We run around talking about, ask God, tell you what I believe. My preacher said. Tell you what my preacher said. What's the Bible say? 
If your preacher ain't saying what the Bible said, I don't really care what he's got to say, right? We ought to get back to just sharing the gospel with people. They'll respond to it, brother. They might not always respond in a good way, but they'll respond to it, right? I mean, I mean, you go up to somebody and say, listen, Shane, I don't know you, but I just want you to know Jesus loves you. Well, you didn't go in there and say, you know what you need to be in church? <laughs> Got that bald head and you need to shave, hallelujah. I just turned him off, man. But everybody wants to know Jesus loves them. And it might open the door for you to share the gospel, right? Paul just went around. He said, I just want to tell you about Jesus. If you don't know him this morning, you need to. This first Sunday, man, what a way to start the year off, to know him as your Savior. But if you do know him as your Savior, we need to walk out that door today and start telling people about the gospel. Let's stand together. Let's stand together. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. I mentioned it just a moment ago. If you don't know him as your Savior, if you've never trusted him as your personal Savior, let me invite you to come this morning. Yes. We'll just show you from the Bible how you can know where you'll spend eternity. Maybe God spoke to your heart this morning and revealed some things in your life that you need to separate from. Maybe God spoke to your heart this morning and showed you that he wants to use you to share the gospel even more. Maybe that God laid some eye on your heart to pray for. Whatever the need is, you come. Need somebody to pray with you? We'd love to do that. You come, whatever you need. God's been good, hasn't he? We ought to live like he had. We ought to praise him like he has. We ought to tell others how good he's been. There's a, listen, there's enough negativity out there. There's enough junk going on out there. You just, you just talk about how good God is. What he's done in your life. That, that's why it's called a testimony. You don't have to talk about something you don't know about. You know him. If you're saved, you know him. If you're truly born again, you know him. You ought to talk. We talk about our kids all the time, don't we? Man, it doesn't matter. They could be in jail. You say, boy, my kid's the best. He's the best one in that jail. I promise you that. But now all of a sudden, they get around talking about how good God is. Like, I don't want to offend anybody. He's not offensive. He's not offensive. Isn't that a good song? Just as I am. God will take you this morning just like you are. Religion says you got to clean up, doesn't it? Religion says you got to follow these rules. And Jesus said, I'll just take you like you are. Well, I'm glad. I sure am glad. I sure am glad this morning. Father, I love you. Thank you for the message. Thank you for speaking our hearts today. As we leave here, continue to work on us. 
Be real to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.